Now, it's Thursday Finance with Stephen Pritchard, Certified Practicing Accountant and Financial Advisor. Stephen Pritchard, today we're going to take a look at, well, of course, we're going to mention the uh, the Banking Royal we're Commission. We're going to mention the Banking the banking Non-Event Royal Commission. And first of all, we'll have a look at commodities and currencies, what that's done during the last week. We'll have a look at the, the Banking Royal Commission, um, some effects on the market um, and a few other things that has happened or happened during the week. And then we're going to have uh, Richard Murphy in to talk to us about um, the RBA meeting this Tuesday or last Tuesday and what happened with interest rates and what the outlook for interest rates are for the current uh, financial year. Start off as always with currencies and commodities. What are they up to at the moment? Um, a bit all over the place really. The, most of the commodity prices were up during the week. I mean gold was up $19.28 uh, uh, an ounce to $1,846 Australian. Uh, the copper price was up $162 an ounce to $8,592 a tonne. And the crude oil price was up $3.06 a barrel to $87.24. Does that sound as though the Bowser is going to reflect that? The Bowser might reflect that. Um, <laughs> might reflect it uh, <laughs> yes. in due course. Yeah. Um, and then the currency prices, um, we're, we're down against uh, all the major currencies this week. We're down to uh, 71.86 US cents, um, which is down uh, 1.6 cents in the week, which is quite a quite a large movement there. Uh, against the Great British Pound, we're 54.95 pence, which is um, which is down uh, half a pence, which is a reasonably large movement there as well. And uh, New Zealand dollar, uh, we're one dollar and four, and the euro, we're 62.54 euro cents, which is down 1.2. Uh, Euro cents, which is uh, which mm. is a significant that, move as well. That is yeah, quite a lot. So okay, so don't travel to Europe just. It's become yet. more expensive. Um, mm -hmm. well, the mm. borders are going back up between Europe and the UK next month, aren't well, they? Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> exactly. Who knows? I think that's what it's supposed to happen. Well, I don't know that they were actually going to um, start then, were they? Maybe oh, I think, I think there was some talk that if there's not a deal, the UK's putting the borders up the first day. Okay. All right. Yeah. Ireland will be divided again. Mm. So, uh, anyhow, um, the All Ordinaries Index. The All Ordinaries Index was uh, uh, up 2.6% on the week to a, uh, up 154.6, which was 6,091. Over the 6,000 Over the 6,000. And the majority of that was the, there's the $20 billion increase in the market cap of the the banks and the AMP and IWF after the Royal Commission report came out. Okay. Um, so so that's, that's been good to people who hold those stocks. Um, then the... The S&P uh, 500 was up 1% uh, of the week to 2,731. Uh, the UK index was was up 3% um, of the week to 7,173. And uh, the Hang Seng, which is the Hong Kong index, was uh, down 11.7 points to 27,930. Right. Now, what about some stocks that locals some stocks like? Some stocks that locals like to hold. Well, we're quite good there this week. Um, BHP was was up uh, one dollar fifteen to thirty five dollars and ninety eight cents. Um, CBA was up two dollars sixty nine to seventy two dollars sixty. I mean, just have a look at the way that's gone from last week sixty nine ninety one when it was all going to be expected nasty things come out of the Royal Commission and we're up almost three dollars. Um, and NIB was was up uh, four dollars. 
4.8% to $5.60, and Telstra, poor Telstra, was up 2.5% to $3.19. Oh, well, still over so $3. Telstra's still over $3. Um, and uh, that might have something to do with TPGs now, said so it's not going to build its new mobile network as well. Um, and Newcastle fuel prices, a dollar thirty point seven, which is up four point eight cents on four point eight percent on the week, or six point three cents. And Sydney price, a dollar thirty two point three, which is up six point four cents. And the diesel price in Newcastle is a dollar forty four point seven, which is up point three percent. And in Sydney, a dollar thirty nine point eight, which is up. So trending upwards, we would say. Trending up just in time for Easter. And Stephen Pritchard, it's time for our market update. Uh, Yeah, and of course, item number one has to be the banks and the Royal Commission. Well, the big news, of course, of the week is the Royal Commission report that everyone was uh, waiting on. And um, that came out on uh, Monday afternoon after the market closed. Despite all the suggested um, doom and gloom that was going to come out of that, um, it, it's it's going to be pretty much business as usual, I suspect. Um, mm-hmm. And the market seems to think that. I mean, the market went up twenty. The 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 market cap of the big four banks and AMP and IWF went up twenty billion dollars on the Tuesday, subsequent to the release of the report. So I th- I think it, the major effect of that is going to be felt by the mortgage broking firms. And I dare say their share prices. Their share prices. So the two listed mortgage broking firms, Mortgage Choice and AFG, their prices fell significantly. So there's a proposal, there's a proposed recommendation or a recommendation by the Royal Commission that commissions paid to mortgage brokers be banned. So what happens now is if you go to a mortgage broker, they select the loan, they submit it to the lender and the lender pays them the commission so the person doesn't pay any money. So what the Royal Commission view is that that's that's not correct and the mortgage broker should actually bill the consumer okay i suppose that makes sense in a way or at least maybe it makes sense and in a pure world it's the way it should be done but but i suggest that most consumers aren't going to want to pay yeah they probably aren't but at least that's supposed to keep them more independent it's supposed to keep them more independent that's right. right so you don't think there'll be too much changing with the bank, oh, I think there's already been significant change. I know, I know now it takes forever to get things approved. Um, home loans are taking weeks to get approved, and they're actually, you know, banks are actually struggling to meet the normal 42 day settlement period now. Mm. So, you know, if you want to get a home loan, you want to go and get pre approval and make sure that get it in writing from the bank that they will be able to meet the settlement date in the normal 42 days because I know that they're they're having difficulty meeting that with all the new processes and compliance processes they're going through. So basically what's happening is that the 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 the, the average consumer is now paying for the few transactions that went wrong. Ah, uh, yes. Well, that probably works that way normally, doesn't it, it in life? Way, <laughs> so the biggest losers from the recommendations will be the mortgage broking firms and yes. it remains to be seen what happens there. So are they the only two um, public companies? Uh, they're the two major listed ones, but there's a number of private ones around and there's mm-hmm. a number of smaller ones. I mean, Aussie Home Loans is a mortgage broker, mm-hmm. Rams Home Loans is a mortgage broker, um, mm-hmm. you know. So there are plenty. Yellow so Brick Road. 
So there's plenty of them around. So they'll probably be feeling the pinch a little. Um, yeah, but, you know, it'll probably be 18 months or two years before this all gets rolled out. You've got you've got the election in the meantime. The government will, you know, then they'll, there'll be a further inquiry and submissions and, you know... And so on. You know how things work. Exactly. Now, in the meantime... Um, in the meantime, about- CBA's profit came out. Um, no real surprises there, except maybe a bit on the upside. So the half-year profit was $4.599 billion. Uh, That um, seems quite a lot. Yep, compared to $4.9 billion last year. Okay. So it's down about um, 400000 uh, 400 million rather, not 1,000, 400 million. Uh, CBA is blaming the fall in profit due to um, remediation action they're having to take to repay people for uh, fees that were incorrectly charged. Uh, yes, okay. the fees for no So if you, add, if you add that back, and they estimate that that's cost a billion dollars and a half, so if you add that back, the, the profit actually ends up at 5.5, so, so who'd really know? So in any event, um, all those people are relying on the dividend. The good news is CBA is going to maintain their dividend at $2 a share, which is the same as it was last year, and $2 a share fully franked. Okay, so, okay, the banks aren't all bad at this stage. Well, not at this moment, no. At least for investors. They're for investors <laughs> at this stage. At this stage. Um, uh, the big thing is going to be, I think, in the future of CBA is, is as the wealth management arm is finally disposed of, what contribution that actually makes to the profit, and you'd expect that... Once the wealth management arm is sold, the CBA and, you know, the other banks that are selling their wealth management arms will also, um, profits will also fall. Okay, <laughs> so that will be a watch this space mm-hmm. thing. But as you say, it won't happen immediately. No, well, it's, yeah. you know, these things take a long time to... Again, they yeah. all take a long time. <laughs> Half past 12 to a new RFM and we'll be back with our market update in just a moment on Thursday Finance. At Rhys Pritchard, our experience shows that people who plan for retirement reap the rewards when it is time to give up work. By developing a plan now that best manages your super, you will ensure you can live better well into your retirement years. I'm Margaret Glenn from Rhys Pritchard and our team specialises in helping people like you get the right plan in place for your future. Call our sponsor Rhys Pritchard on 4920-2877 or Google Pritchard. Your air conditioner needs to be serviced, or it can stop working efficiently. Filters get clogged, drains get blocked, water could leak down your wall. Don't risk it. Get SnapFreeze to check and service your air conditioner now. SnapFreeze are air conditioning service specialists, not pretend to bees. When it comes to getting your air conditioner working as well as it can, everyone agrees. Get SnapFreeze, our sponsor, SnapFreeze Air Conditioning. NURFM weather. Well, it's mostly sunny today, and on the waters we're expecting northeasterly winds around 15 to 20 knots as the sea breeze kicks in. Seas getting up to one to one and a half metres this evening, and the swell firstly from the southwest, then from the east, around about a metre. It'll be low tide quarter past five this afternoon and that's 0.4 of a metre. Currently along the coast we've got easterly winds at 16 knots and 25 degrees. Uh, knots, degrees, degrees is what I'm saying. 25 degrees, a little bit warmer inland, about five to six degrees as you head away from the coast. 
to a new RFM. It is Thursday Finance and we're in the middle of our market update today. Stephen Pritchard, uh, Green Cross has been in the news a little bit later. Yeah, Green Cross, there was a takeover from offer from private equity. Last week, one of the big shareholders came out and said, uh, who owned 11%, who said that they were going to vote against the, the takeover offer at the scheme meeting. The scheme meeting rolls round and 99.9% uh, .9 of the people voted for it. So I don't know what happened to that 11% block. So that mm. that's interesting, particularly given the, the truth in takeover rules. So theoretically, if they said they were going to vote for, against it, they should have. So anyhow, the Green Cross takeover got approved by, um, by uh, the shareholders overwhelmingly and Green Cross is uh, no longer going to be a public company. So the humanisation of pets will all be kept in the private equity world now. Oh, is that a good thing? Oh, I don't know. Well, time there's will this, tell. There's this talk about as pets are becoming more like humans and people are spending more and more money on them and so... <laughs> and so, yeah, yeah, so they do. So all that gourmet cat food and dog food and... Hmm. Mm, taking a look now at one of the big two supermarkets. Yeah, well, this was interesting. Um, Coles... Coles came out of West Farmers demerger last year. So so most people got their shares for inverted commas free if they own West Farmers shares. So um and then um this week Coles have come out and said um that they're expecting the the, the profit of the fuel division or the convenience store division to fall to fifty million um compared to um in the current year compared to hundred and thirty three in two thousand and seventeen and and in two thousand sorry, hundred and thirty hundred and ninety in two thousand and seventeen and hundred and thirty three in two thousand eighteen. So there seems to be a downward trend in the in the fuel division. And this might explain why Woolworths is trying to sell their service stations as well. Which they've been trying to do for a while. Trying they? to do for a while, and the ACCC stopped that. Mm. And uh, Coles are saying that um, in the absence of increase in volume of fuel sales, the, the fuel division's profit might actually fall to, to zero. Oh. So they're going to try and increase the sales through the convenience stores to, um, to, to resurrect that, but uh, I think that's a hard push. Mm. Mm. Now, Boral, speaking about resources, which I suppose... Yeah, Boral, building, building industry stocks, um, you know, building industries, building construction industry, property markets are turning down. Um, Boral's blamed a... Boral announced a fall in profits, uh, warning they've blamed the temporary effect on a dip in the sales of concrete, asphalt and cement, which are all building inputs. Now, I don't know what they mean by by temporary, but I, I, I think temporary in this case is going to be more than a, more than a few months. So mm. I suspect mm. that Burrell's profit might be down for a couple of years. Well, concrete and cement you can see as being part of the... Yeah, uh, and the construction industry. If you look at the stats, the construction yeah. industry is grinding to a halt um, with the things that have happened at the April apartments in... in oh. Yes. In Sydney, um, I can't see anyone wanting to buy anything off the plan until this is all forgotten about in a few years. So. Yes, that's a good uh, point. So, so uh, asphalt, presumably the boral production of asphalt is mainly used on roads. Roads, I assume. Yeah, uh, you'd think. Okay, well, let's turn to health and Medibank Private. Yeah, Medibank Private was um, privatised, uh, what, three years ago? Yeah, three years Only. ago. Okay. 
I think four years ago, the government sold that off. And part of the sell-off was, part of the requirements of the sell-off, there was a 15% ownership cap, so no one could buy more than 15% of Medibank Private. Uh, the cap lifts in December 2019. Uh, there's rumours that someone's been acquiring stock in Medibank Private, and this week they've appointed Macquarie as advisors to a takeover defence, uh, which right. is interesting. Okay. So probably some action after December. Sounds like it. Uh, still mm. a few months to go for that too. Yep. And back to retailing. And yeah, back to retailing. Centers. And, you know, once again, property trusts and retailing and um, shopping centres of Australia, um, which is a, a basically a retail property trust. Um, they concentrate on the retail stores, but uh, retail centres, but compared to, um, say, uh, the old S Centre, shopping or the old Westfield Trust, which is now S Centre, um, Shopping centres Australia tend to have what's called um, neighbourhood centres with Coles and Woolworths and a few specialty shops. So um, they, they're continuing to trade quite well. Um, you know, it's the fashion end of the market that is, is going broke. The Coles and Woolworths, people are still buying groceries. And so as a result, they're, they're increasing their interim dividend to uh, 7.25 cents compared to 6.8, which is, which is quite a good result. Yeah, yeah. That the general retailing property trusts are struggling. I mean, you've only got to go to some of the local ones here, that the two largest ones, and there's lots of vacant shops. Mm. Yeah. Mm. But people are still going in there and buying their food. Mm. No, well, that's important. We yeah. all have to live, don't we? That's right. So that's basically it for the market. It's really pretty quiet at this time of the year. Now, what's happening with interest rates? We're at the beginning of the year, and uh, of course, the Reserve Bank met Stephen Pritchard. Richard Murphy is going to join. The us. Reserve Bank met. And Richard's getting us an update on what their thoughts were. Hi, Richard. Hi, Stephen. How are you? Good. We're all back doing some work again after the holidays and the yes, it was summer. Yes, uh, nice period indeed. The last, the last week of uh, uh, the last month of summer, we're in there. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So the RBA met. What did they decide? Or decide? Or yeah, tell us? Or there's, what? There's probably been. Um, I know I've been on the show, kind of describing this process um, over the last six, eight months or so. Probably the last one was probably one that's just been um, very, very interesting. Less, less so the RBA meeting because they just said no change, which is just what's been happening for you know months mm-hmm. and months, if not years and years. But it's comments made since then, and in the backdrop of the last month or two, the last six weeks, say of 2018, was a terrible period for global equity markets. They mm-hmm. really did drop off a cliff, and everybody was worried yeah. that this could be a debacle, etc. And for the first time now in about 18 months, for about 18 months, the Reserve Bank commentary had been, look, it's likely the next interest rate will be up. They said that quite a few times. Mm-hmm. The more chances for an interest rate increase next time. And now, um, in a, in, as recently as yesterday, um, the governor gave a, a presentation. He said, for the first time in in in, our, in the last 18 months, there are now as many arguments for the next move to be down, not up. Mm-hmm. And so some people have been calling that. So Shane Oliver at a has been saying, in fact, I reckon there's going to be two cuts in the next in, in the next uh, year, 18 months. So the Reserve Bank is kind of saying, yes, um, there is signs of weakness in the economy, the property concerns in, you know, in the yep. eastern states and Sydney and Melbourne in particular, et cetera, et cetera, that yes, there may well be a, a cut coming, maybe more likely than, than, in, than staying 
neutral or increasing. And you can see that the, the ASX futures market um, that, that indicates this, you can see that on the ASX website, it really um, dived yesterday and today. You can see that there's almost, uh, it, it implies that there will be a cut in the next um, year to 18 months. So that, that's probably, that's an interesting development that wasn't around um, you know, over the last year where everybody's thinking, yeah, probably Australia will have an interest rate increase like the US has been having rate increases and the UK has been having rate increases. So um, that's really, you know, caused people to pause and, and see what, what's that going to mean. Because obviously it means if they did make a cut, then that's most likely going to be transferred straight through to, um, to turn deposit holders, for example. That you won't get, you know, you won't get as much because they'll, they'll, they'll cut that. Um, yeah, I mean... I mean that's right, and the, and last year towards the end of the year the 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 ASX was down almost eight percent in the last three months. It was a huge drop in real terms. So, so absolutely, yeah. And so it's recovered, it's recovered somewhat. In it's recovered somewhat now, yeah. But it was still yeah. yeah. But still, it was a big shock to, to think that gosh, that that December performance, the the, yep. the previous two bad December performances were nineteen eighty seven. And two thousand mm-hmm. and two thousand and eight, kind of. Oh gosh, they were the GFC and the mm-hmm. the eighties the crash. So that got people very very concerned. But then the recovery in January, because you know the, the U.S. economy is not in, in terrible strife, mm-hmm. it's doing quite well. And is the Australian economy really that bad? Well, no, it's not. Not 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 that we're justifying eight percent drop in equities. That was more driven by concerns that rate rises would be mm-hmm. um, in going too fast in America and um, and what about trade concerns etc et with Donald Trump's you know versus China Try, situation yeah. etc yeah. so um, yeah so that hence the recovery but it is it is certainly very interesting that you know now people are saying well are we facing a 1.25 percent or even one percent world on on the cash rate and what so, will that mean for term deposits so p- people think that they should be kind of lengthening the maturity of the term deposits and moving out from this six six months rollover into longer periods um yes but and the thing the, the interesting thing is there that the money in term deposits if you look at any one of the bank's disclosure documents in you know, their annual reports etc they tell you that you can see that all the money nearly all the money in term deposits which is many hundreds of billions is actually sitting in, in a mixture of three months, six yep. months, and one year. Mm-hmm. It doesn't sit in three and five years. Yep. And we certainly noticed, you know, financial advisors and, and brokers talking to us about where midway through last year they were thinking, oh, maybe I won't buy a nine-year corporate bond XTB mm-hmm. because I'm a bit worried that rates might rise. Now they're saying, okay, I'm no longer concerned as much because then I think the rates are going to fall. Yep. So I'm less worried about taking longer dated. Okay, and and, and and so the, the advantage of buying these longer dated these, these longer dated corporate bonds is that you, you kind of lock your return in for that period. Yeah, if you buy and hold to maturity, if you buy a bond and hold it to maturity, and assuming the issuer or the government, whoever issues the bond, assuming they don't collapse, which for investment grade um, bonds and government bonds is a is a very very low risk. But if you assume that's not going to happen, you just buy and hold to maturity. The mandate is to pay you the, the, um, the um, they're obligated rather to pay you the, the coupons, and therefore the return you buy it at, the yield you buy it at, it's three point two percent or three point three percent. That's what you're going to get if you hold it to maturity, because it'll pay the coupons, it'll pay the final principal, and that's what you're you're kind of locking in that return. So really, it's a trade-off between well, what will I get in a in a turn deposit if I get two point something 
um, but I have a government guarantee there um, for the term deposit, but mm-hmm. I'm locked in for the period of term deposit. I can't get access to my cash versus do I think um, Qantas or um, Downer or Lumina or whatever the, the, the bond is or um, Telstra, etc. whatever the bond is, um, you think, well, they are, they are clearly more risky. Qantas is more risky than a, than a, than a Westpac term deposit. Yes. Westpac is a more safer company, but that's why you're getting the extra. If it's 2% term deposit and you get 3.3%, well, that extra 1.3%, which is about a 40% uplift in your yeah. term. And, and the advantage, of course, is, and the advantage, of course, is these, these bonds that are listed, if you buy the bonds that are listed on ASX. You, you, you can usually get your money back in 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 three days. So well, exactly because if you if you if you bought it now and probably realised, oh gosh, I forgot I was buying a boat or something, whatever you needed the the, the money for to go out to the lake, um, then you just sell it again. You just you buy it and sell it. So you're not you, yeah. That's that's the advantage of securities on the exchanges. You obviously can buy and sell, and you get your money in T plus two. Um, you know the trade date. Two days later yep. is when the, the money comes into your account. Whereas any any uh, deposit in the bank, you're obviously locking away for a period, whether that's you know three months or six months or one year. Uh, you're locking it away for that. Although you can still get your money back, but they they, they say if you break it, then you, you lose your you lose your some rate. or all of yeah. Yeah, some or all of your interest rate. And of course, yeah. So the other thing with corporate bonds, you, you can actually make a capital gain on those if interest rates were to go were to go down, can't you? Uh, yes, yes, you can. So if, if you bought a bond and interest rates did go down um, in, the, in 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 some time in the future, as long as that wasn't already fully expected by the yep. market, so you know sometimes, um, so in the US, for example, interest rate rises where. Basically, they weren't locked in, but it was so obvious from what the Federal Reserve was saying that they were going to increase rates, say, in December and when it is earlier in the year, that the, the bond markets react to that ahead of time. They don't wait for mm-hmm. a, um, an, an announcement. If it's, it's blind, Freddie can see that they're definitely going to do it. Um, but, yeah, but your prospect is right. So if interest, if interest rates increased and the market wasn't expecting that, then the, the, a fixed-rate bond would um, increase in, in value. So and if you sold it at that point in time, you could potentially make um, a capital gain. And the, the, the way I think, but I think the way to think about this is don't try and turn yourself into, if you're don't a, a if regular you're investor, don't try and turn yourself into a bond trader because mm-hmm. you need to know basically everything about world economy uh, to, to be an interest rate expert because it's not a local yep. only issue. It's a global issue. So it's better off saying, no, I, I'm going to buy and hold to maturity or hold for you know, a reasonably long period. And I'm going to think about the risks of investing in a in a, in a company bond, corporate mm-hmm. bond, of ASX 100 companies versus the same money sitting in a bank account yep. that has a government guarantee. And I can trade one, and but I'm locked in the other. Yep. But one is definitely safer, and it has a government guarantee, which is obviously the term deposit. And it's really then, and what do I get for that extra risk? Oh, I get an extra half a percent or extra one percent. Is that worth it to me? Yeah. Um, in terms, of, particularly if you, if you were a retiree living on just the interest income, and, and that was really a big part of what you lived off, um, going from two percent to three percent, or two and a half percent to three and a half percent, is a really big uplift in your income. Um, yeah, it's a thousand dollars for every hundred. Yeah, so you need to think about that and think: Is that worth it? And uh, do I think this company is going to be around? Um, 
So if it was, if it was company number 450, that's a much bigger risk than company, companies in the yeah. um, ASX 100 that, that are inverted commas investment grade. Because yeah. investment grade means they've been signed off as investment grade by a credit ratings agency on behalf, who, mm. who's working essentially yeah, so, for so, the big fund manager. Yeah, so really you, you've got to do a bit more work on buying these corporate ones. You've got to have a think about what, what company you're going to buy the bonds in and you've got to have a think around, you know, if it's a five-year bonds, are, are, is that company still going to be around in in, in five years' time to pay you, pay you back? So, yeah. you know, companies like Woolworths and, and Telstra, I mean, the odds are that they are, but, you know, is XYZ mining company still going to be around in five years? I mean, that's what you've got to think about, really. Exactly. And there isn't many of those uh, outside the 100, ASX 100, yep. there's not many you can get access to and certainly not buy XTVs on yep. ASX. Yep. They're all they're all investment grade. So Illumina, I think, is the lowest yielding and Illumina's obviously been around since um, since I've been in Australia. Ever, ever forever. Yeah. 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 Uh, but it's obviously a riskier proposition than Westpac or Telstra yep. or anything like that or Woolworths, yeah, as you say. Okay. Well, thanks for that, Richard. And we'll talk to you again in a few months' time and see if anything's changed in the, the world of fixed interest and bonds. Indeed. Thanks so much, Stephen, and uh, have a nice day. Okay. Thanks, Richard. And you to Richard Murphy's the CEO of Australian Bond Company, and it's always good to get his view on things. And that is bringing uh, Thursday Finance for today to an end. It's on to a new RFM. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.